This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Go to GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. Hello and welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Jamie Butters is off again today, but he'll be back here tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm your host, Larry Veliquet with Automotive News. Thanks for stopping by. Later on, we'll be joined by Bob Carter, head of sales for Toyota Motor North America, and the second half of his two-part interview. Today, we'll get a better look at the private side of this very public automotive executive, his love of motorcycles and racing, and a very special couch? Yeah, that's what I said, couch. You'll hear in a minute, and you won't be disappointed. Now, let's take a closer look at what's making news in our automotive world this morning. Tesla has received another subpoena from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission over CEO Elon Musk's 2018 tweets that he was considering taking the company private. The SEC issued the subpoena November 16th and are seeking information about Tesla's governance processes and compliance with a deal that was reached with the agency in September of 2018. That's when Tesla had agreed to put in place controls to oversee Musk's communications, including his tweets. While there's no official word on what prompted the SEC's latest subpoena, it's worth noting that just 10 days before it was issued, Musk took a Twitter poll asking whether he should sell 10% of his Tesla stake, and the company's shares plunged 16% the following two trading days. Turning to Ford now, which began shipping the first copies of its second electric vehicle, the e-transit electric van, to customers late Monday. The commercial van shipment beat the F-150 Lightning to market, which goes on sale this spring. Last month, Ford said it had 10,000 e-transit orders in its banks from about 300 commercial customers. The e-transit is built in Ford's Kansas City assembly plant alongside its combustion-powered counterpart. In Japan, Nissan Motor Company reported this morning that its operating profit nearly doubled for the quarter ended December 31st to 52.2 billion yen, or $453.5 million, up from 27.1 billion yen a year earlier, despite a dip in revenues. The reasons? Better pricing power, lower incentives, and cost controls. The improved performance allowed Nissan to boost its full-year profit outlook to 210 billion yen, or $1.82 billion, That's up from its earlier forecast of 180 billion yen, or $1.56 billion. The Japanese automaker also plans to stop development of internal combustion engines in all of its major markets except the U.S. to focus on electric vehicles. The company will continue limited development of gas-burning engines in the U.S., mainly for pickups, Nikkei reported. And speaking of Japan, Hyundai says it plans to re-enter the island nation's market later this year with a new focus on zero-emission vehicles sold through an all-online sales network. The South Korean automaker stopped selling in Japan in 2009, but said it will start taking orders in May for two of its most advanced vehicles, the Ionic 5 electric crossover and the Nexo hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Deliveries will start as early as July, Hyundai says. 
In supplier news, Forcia's acquisition of a controlling stake in Hella has produced Forvia, which is the new name that the two combined companies will communicate under, while still keeping their own brands as separate legal entities and for their products. Forvia is a combination of the words forward and via, they explained. And finally, a bit closer to home, used vehicle prices are still going up, but only barely, in what may be a plateau or a peak in their meteoric rise. Cox Automotive says its Mannheim Used Vehicle Value Index rose just four one-hundredths of a percent in January, compared with December, and that used vehicle sales declined eight-tenths of a percent last month, as well compared to a year earlier. Used vehicle prices were still up 45% last month compared to January 2021. Subaru of America announced this morning that it would start accepting reservations for its 2023 Solterra electric crossover today, beginning at noon Eastern Time. Only a limited number of reservations will be taken, along with a refundable reservation fee of $250. The reservation will allow customers to pick their preferred retailer and pick a trim level and color. The company says that final orders, pricing, financing, and availability will have to be agreed upon with their dealer between April and May, subject to the announcement of the Solterra's pricing. Vehicle deliveries are to start this summer. The Solterra is being built in Japan by Toyota alongside the larger automaker's new BZ4X electric crossover, which is also due this summer. That's it for your headlines. We'll be back after this. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director, talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com. We're back today with our second half of our conversation with Bob Carter, the head of sales at Toyota Motor North America. Uh, but today we're not going to talk about sales so much as we are about Bob's hidden life as an adrenaline junkie. Uh, and he's laughing right now, but I, I, I want to share with you a story that I heard secondhand. Uh, I understand you, you had a little spill on your motorcycle recently. <laughs> yeah, Larry. Um... 
one of my passions that I've, I've had with me an entire life is uh, is working on old motorcycles. Um, fortunately, today I work on them more than I than I do ride them. But I had a uh, I had a uh, Husqvarna Husqvarna uh, dirt bike um, two weeks ago, and I was over at my garage and. I had the football game. I was watching the playoffs. By the way, some fabulous playoff games. Halftime came up, and I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to warm the oil up. So I went down, started it, took it out in the parking lot, and unfortunately, it stalled, and it stalled at at a point that uh, it threw me over the handlebars. So I'm walking around with a brace and a sling right now. I found out that I don't bounce off of concrete as uh, as well today as I did 20 years ago. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's fair. So uh, you, you spoke about your garage. Tell me, and you told me this story last June. Tell me about the garage that you built at your house in, in, uh, in suburban Dallas. Well, uh, Larry, it was when COVID hit. And on this side of the business, you tend to travel a lot. So it's not unusual for the last, you know, 40 years I've been doing this to spend, you know, 15, 20 nights a, a month in, uh, in hotel rooms. And so well, when COVID hit, um, everything stopped. And uh, after, you know, me being home um, a lot more than, than typical, um, my wife said, uh, you, need to, you need a project, you need a hobby. And I always wanted a, a, a shop, you know, I wanted a shop. I have, you know, have my garages here at the house, but I, I wanted a shop. So uh, I went ahead uh, about 10 miles from the house and uh, located a warehouse. I, I purchased a small warehouse. It's about 5,000 square feet. And uh, I built this shop that I always wanted. And unfortunately, um, through Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace, uh, old motorcycles and occasionally old cars seem to follow me home. But it, it's uh, it's uh, my place to go watch racing, go watch uh, some football, and just wrench on some products now and then. And uh, you you that that garage I understand has a special couch uh, that we actually wrote about in 2017. But uh, tell us the story about that couch. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's proof that uh, I no longer uh, no longer get on a racetrack with other people at the same time. But um, myself and a number of friends, we were at the 2015 um, Long Beach Grand Prix, and you know, for 30 years uh, there has been a, um, a celebrity pro am race, and so there was a lot of there's many pro drivers that I've gotten to know over the years. Um, that were represented in that race. And uh, we raced to raise funds for Children's Hospital. Unfortunately, when you go to a celebrity pro-am like that, uh, there are some amateur celebrities involved. And uh, without naming names, I got hit pretty good. I got hit about 70 miles an hour. I uh, got up and walked, walked away from it, but there was nothing left of the car. And when I got out of the car, I just took the, told the, uh, the flatbed driver, I said, just take that one straight to the junkyard. What I didn't know is our motorsports team went to the junkyard, got that car, cut it in half and made a sofa out of it. But uh, my wife, who knew about it, thought it was going to be this nice little chair. And when it showed up, it's half a car. 
And she immediately said, that's not going in the house. So it went into storage, but uh, I got it out of storage and I have it prominently in the second floor of uh, Bob's garage. So it's, uh, it's fun. I have a, a sofa made out of half a car that uh, it was a memory that uh, I tried to get, I, I tried to forget about that wreck, but uh, every time I go into the garage, I, I distinctly remember it. Now, uh, I went back and looked at the story of this, of this race in this couch, actually. And I have a, I have a question out of it. As I recall, or as I found out, you started that race on the pole position. How <laughs> did somebody hit you? So <laughs> funny, funny, uh, funny story there. So this was a celebrity race and, and there was many, uh, many retired pro racers and a few celebrities involved. And, this was the 30th year anniversary of the, uh, of the celebrity race. So we qualified and we qualified uh, and I came in 13th and I was actually proud to qualify 13th out of 20 drivers. And then at the, uh, at the driver's meeting, they said, well, we're going to make this even more interesting for the fans. We're going to reverse the order. So I thought, well, that's great. You know, so I just went from qualifying 13th to qualifying seventh. And then they said, and because Toyota is sponsoring this event, we're going to put Bob on the pole. So for any of you that have been to the, uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix, come down Shoreline Drive, and that's just this long straightaway. And there's a where the start finish line is. And there's a really sharp 90 degree left hand turn. And a lot of that race is always won and lost on turn one. So my goal was to make it through turn one alive and let the Max Pappases and the, the, the Al Unser Juniors and the Rod Millens and the Eddie Lawsons, let those guys by because I know my limits. I did survive, um, survive turn one, made it around the fountain, but then uh, I intentionally left the, uh, some of the guys that I knew were much faster than I uh, go by. And so I was running mid-pack when the accident happened. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's fair. Um, so a little bit about uh, uh, where you were now or where you are now in your, in your racing career, I guess. You, have, you, have you hung up your, your racing uh, leathers? Yes, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I love uh, I love cars, and uh, I get an opportunity many times to get out on test tracks with uh, some of our prototypes and everything. But uh, my uh, I will not race a car in anger. So while I love being on a track on either a car or a motorcycle, um, and you know I love going out. It's a it's a passion of mine. But there's a difference between getting on a track and a car and a motorcycle and driving quickly versus racing. So I, I only ever raced amateur, both motorcycles and, and cars, but those days are, are well over, but I still love to get on a track and just the technology and the performance of these cars today are, are fabulous. They, they force you to be a better driver. My, one of my daily drivers is a, is a 2022 Supra. And uh, I just love that car because that car is so good that you get on the track, that Supra 
makes a better driver out of you. So I love to do that. But uh, when I'm on a track, it's just me in the car. No, no one else around. Hmm. So you never, have you ever ridden shotgun with Accio? Oh yes. Many times, particularly yeah. in, uh, in rally cars. And, uh, it's, uh, he loves to drive and, uh, you know, typically when he gives people rides in his rally car, you can tell he's always looking over is, uh, when is my passenger going to get, uh, had a little too much and going to get sick. And, uh, I said, don't worry about me. I'm fine. So, He's a, he's a fabulous driver. He worked really, really hard at his driving skills. And when, uh, when you get into a car with Akio, you can tell immediately that he understands what the car can do and what it can't do. And when you get in with somebody that's really got driving skills that well honed, it takes the drama out of, out of driving fast. You know, I, Larry, that, you know, I'm sure if you got into a car with Akio or any professional driver, and then you jumped into a car with me, I may be going half as fast, but I promise you there's going to be more drama in the drive. Um, it's a real pleasure to, 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 to do a ride along with professional drivers. And it's something I get to do often with our, you know, with our IMSA drivers and with our NASCAR drivers. It's, uh, it's really a talent. It's a skill. And believe me, to do it for hours on end, you've got to be an athlete to, to handle that kind, of, uh, that kind of pressure that competitive professional racing provides. Yeah. Well, it's not quite as exciting as, as being, you know, head of sales, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, you know, this is an exciting time. You know, I, I once... Uh, I'm so fortunate to have what my dream job is. You know, we working with all of our team members and, and are now under construction, our 16th plant in North America, but um, working with our 1500 dealers out there at, at the end of the day, I grew up in around retail environment and uh, I just love retail. I, I, you know, if I have a few moments, which is not very rare, I usually jump into a car and uh, and go spend some time in the stores because you know talking with the uh, the men and women that sell and service our cars that's really where the heart of this business is and it's something that that, that I enjoy so yeah I'm I'm in my dream job Larry yeah of course you are <laughs> and it shows <laughs> Bob Carter from Toyota Motor North America thank you so much for being on Daily Drive it's been a pleasure thank you Larry. That's it for Daily Drive this Tuesday, February 8th. I'd like to thank Josh Freed for editing the show, the ANTV staff, and Victor Galvin for making sure it gets delivered to you each morning. It's been a pleasure to be here with you in this format. Thanks for listening, and make sure you have a great day. Until next time, this is Larry Veliquet. So long.